shoes It's Jesus in the everyday me and you The Good News in Shoes This is the Good News Station WCNO Palm City Charles Stanley recalls how his mom taught him to trust God in hard times. And I can remember how many times she and I would get down by the bed and pray. And being a kid, I was a little frightened. So, Mom, what are we going to do? Here's what she'd say. We're going to trust God. We're just going to trust God. I didn't have any idea exactly oftentimes what that meant or how that, would, how that would happen. And listen, over and over and over again, I saw God meet need after need in my ear still rings. We're just going to trust God. We're just going to trust God. We're just going to trust God. You know what she was doing? She was passing on to me by her lifestyle, by her difficulty, by her hardship, her trials, and the way she responded to them, she was passing on to me this message. You trust God no matter what. You trust God when you can't see your way clear. You trust Him when everything looks dark. You trust Him. Charles Stanley on In Touch, teaching from a lifetime of walking with God. And Touch is heard at 8.05 a.m. and p.m. Monday through Friday here on WCNO. A1 Auto Care of Hope Sound is a WCNO corporate underwriter. Dave and Esther Morgan have been serving Treasure Coast motorists since 1986 with the best in automotive care. A1 Auto Care is located across the railroad tracks at the next crossing south of Bridge Road in Hope Sound. A1 Auto Care is available at 546-6667 where honesty is their only policy. That's 772-546-6667. Good morning. I'm Pastor Bob Tarvis, your host for the Revealing Truth radio broadcast. I want to invite you to listen in today as Pastor Jason Baumgartner takes us on a journey through God's Word that will reveal truths for our lives. John 8.32 says, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Grab a pen and take some notes, and let the Holy Spirit reveal the Father's heart to you. Everybody's got trouble. You cannot be a child of destiny and not experience pain in your life. See, I hear the testimony of a young man this morning who was born to royalty. He was destined for the throne. He was destined to rule over an empire, an empire that had been marked with God's favor, an empire that had been handpicked by God, an empire that was in covenant relationship with God, an empire that is still on the face of the world today. A man that was heir to that throne. He wasn't born in the slums. He wasn't born in the streets. He was born in a palace. This young man had a very promising future. But one day in a matter of hours, in just a matter of a few hours, the world took a different turn. Because how many of you know within a matter of a few hours, both his father and his grandfather, the king, were killed on the same day? His grandfather was the king of Israel, the first king that Israel ever had. A man who the Bible stood, said stood head and shoulders above everybody else, above all the people of his day. A man who had been granted an opportunity to become something he could have never been on his own. A man that would lead the nation of Israel to victory. And because of the grace of God, a man that led the armies of Israel in the battle and represented the banner of God. His father, the king's son, Jonathan, 
was a mighty warrior. He was a man of devotion, a man of loyalty, a man of commitment, a man of integrity, a man who had a heart towards God. And one day his dad would assume the throne. And after that, one day he would assume the throne himself. But all those dreams came crashing in in three hours. In one afternoon. On a battlefield when the news reached the palace where the five-year-old Mephibosheth was living that his grandfather and his father had been killed. His nurse, his nursemaid, the one that was in charge of him, the one that was responsible for taking care of him, knew that that meant that the house of Saul was about to be overthrown. Their enemies had now taken control of the empire and the throne was now being threatened. And the first person that they would look for would be who would be the next heir to the throne. They would come after him to kill him. They would come after him to kill the lineage of Saul. And that nurse, the one who was in charge of the destiny of this child, the one who his destiny had been entrusted to, picked him up to run out of the palace, to run out of the house. And she was running, and the Scripture tells us that she trips, and she falls. And in the midst of her fall, the boy stumbles onto the hard rock steps, and his feet are broken, causing him to be permanently crippled, permanently maimed, permanently deformed. At five years old. She picks him up to leave the house and they flee to a place of hiding. And for the next 15 years of this boy's life, the boy lives in hiding. He lives in fear, wondering if the day would come that he would ever be found out, if they would really realize who he was, that he was the grandson of a fallen king. His name was Mephibosheth. His name means the dispeller of shame or the image breaker. See, he was born to break the shame. The shame that his grandfather had brought on the nation. The shame that his grandfather had brought where God had to remove him and replace him with David. He was born with a destiny to break images that had been set up in his generation. He was born to break the effects that shame had brought on his household. But in his life, he stumbled. He fell. Or can I literally just say it this way? He was dropped. Can I just say this to you this morning, ladies and gentlemen, that not everybody in this room, in this building, or in this city who is crippled or lame or marked today fell all by themselves. Come on now. Some of them were dropped by people that were responsible for them. They were left crippled. I mean, sometimes you end up in circumstances that you can't even explain. You end up in circumstances sometimes that you can't even explain how you got there. You don't understand why what happened to you happened to you. Hmm? Listen, ladies and gentlemen, there have been times in my life I couldn't even explain to you how I got there. I don't even know how I got there. I don't even know how I ended up there. Somebody said, how did that happen to you? I don't know. I have no clue. I was just being a good guy. I was just being Jason. I was just being myself. And it happened. Trouble came my way. Somebody dropped me. Mm, it's getting quiet in here now. I mean, you know, Job got to a point that he couldn't even explain why he was where he was. And see, when you reach that point in your life, where you're in situations and circumstances where you can't even explain how you got there, then people automatically begin to assume 
how you got there. They begin to make judgments. Well, if you had just prayed more. Hmm? If you had to put more money in the offering plate, you wouldn't have lost your business. Come on now. Come on, if you had to went to those prayer meetings more often, you wouldn't be going through this situation. And all of a sudden, Job's comforters begin to assume why Job is suffering the way he's been suffering. Listen to me, Mephibosheth was dropped. Wasn't his fault. He couldn't explain why his granddaddy got killed. He was a five-year-old boy. He didn't have a clue. He didn't know why his father died in the same field with his granddaddy. The Bible says he ended up in the house of Makar, in the land of Lodibar. That word Makar right there means to merchandise, to sell into slavery. Think about that. To merchandise, to sell into slavery. Isn't it interesting that that the enemy comes and takes the points where we are crippled in our life and he uses them to merchandise us. He uses them to sell us into captivity. To bind us up in our weakness. To bind us up in our addiction. Come on now. I wonder how many people here this morning were meant for royalty. And something had been merchandised in their life and caused them to be crippled. Caused them to live as a slave. They've been merchandised, living in a land called Lodibar. Come on. Lodibar means pastureless. It's literally a place of no nourishment. A place of no contentment. A place of no rest. See, in modern day terms, Lodibar is just called existing but not living. There's a lot of that going on today. People just existing, but not living. There's people in this room this morning that are just existing and not living. You haven't really enjoyed life. You hear songs about the abundant life. You sing about the abundant life. You say amen to the abundant living. You want the abundant life, but you haven't even begun to live because you still realize that you've been crippled. You're still carrying it around, that you've been marked, that you've been marred, that you've been hiding in Lodibar. Where there's been no nourishment. There's been no contentment. So this boy, he grows up in a place. And a man that has replaced his grandfather as king. A man that he has seen as an adversary to his life. Who, by the way, really wasn't an adversary. Isn't it amazing what jealousy and envy can do to a person? It can really twist up the way you think, ain't it? A man that his grandfather had viewed as an adversary now sits on the throne. A man by the name of David. And all of David's enemies are defeated on every border. And he's sitting in the palace and he's enjoying the fruit of a victorious life. And when the writer of 2 Samuel chapter 9 verse 1 says, And he remembered the covenant. Somebody say, he remembered the covenant. Are you still with me, church? And he said to his servant, Is there anybody? Is there anybody that is still here from the household of Jonathan? He said, I remembered. I made a covenant with him. I made a covenant with him. Listen to me, I got some good news for you this morning. Something good is going to come out of your adverse situation. Has to. It has to. Oh, I know you got your feelings hurt. 
I know some of you have been crying all night long. I know what you planned for your life hadn't gone the way you thought it was going to go. And the, and the dreams that you had hadn't always come to manifest the way you wanted to. I know it wasn't supposed to happen to you this way. And, but i got good news for you. He has remembered that He has a covenant with you. He has remembered that He has a covenant with you. And it's established on better promises. And it's in a better hope and a better future than you ever had in the past. He has a plan and a destiny for you. It's by His covenant. And it's for a good future. Somebody said He remembered. See, Jonathan and David, they made a covenant. In those days when you made a covenant, the first thing that would happen is the man would take off his coat. And they would lay themselves bare. And he would just say, I'm letting you know I'm laying myself bare to you. Your coat represented your covering. They would take off their coat and they would place each other's coat on, on each other. They would exchange swords with each other, giving the right, your means of protection. Your sword was your means of protection. It was your weapon of offense. And you would give it to this person that you would make covenant with. And when you gave it to them, you gave them even the right to take your own life. That's what covenant was. Come on, are you hearing me this morning? In other words, I've become totally vulnerable to the person that I enter in the covenant with. Then they would eat a meal together and they would lay pieces of an animal on the ground and they would walk in a figure eight and they would start out walking back to back so when they finished walking in the figure eight, they would end up eye to eye. And they make covenant. Listen, I want to tell you something this morning. There are some people that you will never, ever, ever see eye to eye with until you've walked some covenant with them. Hmm? And when you get in covenant with the right people, then you'll be able to see eye to eye with them. Until then, you're going to be arguing. Come on, amen? Then they would take... How many know when you were a kid and you had a friend, what you used to do? you say, let's be blood brothers. Huh? How many know that's an old covenant thing? Come on, that's an old covenant thing. Amen? When that Jonathan made covenant with David, they would slit the palm of their hand and they would grab each other's hand until their blood commingled in their wounds. And then they would let go and they would bandage it up and then it would heal up and it would leave a permanent scar. So that every time that they looked at that scar on their hand, they would remember that they were in covenant. They were in covenant. They would see the scar and they would say, the mark of covenant is upon me. It means that if he ever has a problem, that right there is a witness that he'll come to my side. That right there is a witness that he'll be there. If he ever has a need, then I'm going to be that marked sign right there means that I'm going to come to his aid and help him meet his need. If he ever has a battle that he can't win, that mark right there means I'm going to help him fight in the battle that he can't win. Hmm? Everything that I have, all the forces that I have will come to His aid because His enemies are now my enemies because I'm in covenant with Him. Thank you for joining us today for the Revealing Truth with Pastor Jason Baumgartner. We hope you will tune in again each day, Monday through Friday, right here on WCNO 89.9 FM. To obtain your copy of this week's message, please send your check for $5 for shipping and handling to 3891 Edwards Road, Fort Pierce, Florida, 
888-349-4981. To pay by phone or simply make a love gift, you can call 772-461-8555. That number again is 772-461-8555. For more exciting information on our church, service times, and directions, you can check us out on the web at igniteyourworld.com. This has been The Revealing Truth with Pastor Jason Baumgartner, and I'm your host, Bob Tarvis. See you next time on The Revealing Truth. Ignite Your World Ministries, Truth Church, and all its affiliate ministries thanks Destiny Network and Bishop Tony Miller. Destiny Network International exists to serve pastors, local churches, and ministry leaders that make up Destiny Network International. For more information on joining the Destiny Network, go to www.destinynetwork.org. Are you winning or losing in the game of life? Do you even know where to find the rules of the game? There are things you do that make life work and things that cause it to come apart. I'm Ronald Dart. Tune in for Born to Win, Sunday morning at 7, Saturday morning at 6.30, right here on FM 89.9 WCNO. And visit us online at borntowin.net.
Don't you hear the good?